Thank you for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. This episode is part six of our Getting Over It series, and today we're going to be discussing lust. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. This is part six of our Getting Over It series, and we are continuing to tackle struggles that believers and non-believers face in their daily lives. If you miss any of our past episodes, then I recommend going back and checking them out. Today's episode, however, is one of the most covert struggles in this entire series. It's a struggle that may not be seen on the outside, but the damage can be enormous. Lust is a progressive sin. It may start small, and if it's continuously entertained, then it can lead to severe scars and damage both inside and outside. We can lust over things as well, but more commonly, we refer to lust as a sensual desire of a sexual nature. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The thing about lust that causes it to be so dangerous is that the desire is never satisfied. In fact, the more we entertain it, the harder it is to get away from it, and the more prominent it becomes in our lives. It becomes embedded in your eyes, in your mind and spirit, and it creates such a stronghold over you. Needless to say, the spirit of lust is not something that we should toy around with. And the enemy understands the power of lust, which is why the temptation is there all around us, each and every day. To shed light on how forward the issue of lust is in our society, listen to what author Kevin DeYoung wrote in a blog post on this very topic from thegospelcoalition.org. He said, It is almost impossible in the Western world to escape sensuality. Sex is on the TV, in the movies, and in our music, on the side of buses, during halftime shows, in our books, and in glossy close-ups at supermarket checkouts. Sex is all around us, in the mall, dripping off every beer commercial, and two stories high on our billboards. Sexual sin is walking around our high schools, flaunted across our universities, and hiding in our churches. And of course, sex is on the internet. Pornography and sex-related sites make up 60% of daily web traffic. Of internet users in the United States, 40% visit pornographic sites at least once a month, And that number increases to 70% when the audience is 18 to 34-year-old males. Half of hotel room patrons purchase pornography from their rooms. 90% of 8 to 16-year-olds with internet access have viewed pornography online. And the average age of exposure is 11. Those stats highlighted in that blog post is very alarming to say the least. The age of exposure to these type of situations is almost mind-boggling. It's sad. But with the access of technology, it's not very surprising. The temptation of lust is nearly impossible to avoid. It's everywhere we go. It's in everything we see. And with technology the way that it is today, it's only but a click of a button away. We as a society are saturated with sensuality, and it is affecting people every single minute of every single day, especially our youth. It's so prevalent that we are becoming conditioned by the spirit of lust to a point where, if we're not careful, 
we can easily and quickly become desensitized to its effect. Aside from never leaving your house and never owning or utilizing electronics, we can't avoid it. We must acknowledge the truth and the power of this danger. Lustful eyes for sexual adventure often breed scars over love. Let me be clear, nothing good comes from lust. And we must take a diligent approach to this issue if we're going to defeat it as a body of believers. Because the continuity of this sin of lust will cause you to be desensitized to the sin that it is. We'll become so conditioned by it, we won't even see it as a sin anymore. So what can we do to get over this issue? There's a couple points I want to make. The first one is know your weaknesses and guard your heart. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Be careful who you run around with, guys. You will become a product of your environment. If you're running with people that don't have the companionship who call on the Lord with pure hearts, then expect that that could easily be transferred to you. That's why we must not forsake the assembling together. Because enjoying the companionship of those who call on the Lord is medicine for our souls. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Don't think for a minute that you have the capacity within you to overcome this issue alone, but also recognize what your weaknesses are and diligently avoid them. Make a mental effort through prayer and staying in the Word of God to overcome the issue when thoughts start building in your head. If you know what your weaknesses are, avoid them. Don't watch TV shows that might have exposure to that weakness. Don't listen to music that might cause you to have thoughts of of lustful thinking. Know what your weakness is. I can't overstate enough, too, that prayer is necessary in this battle. We must maintain a spirit of prayer if we're going to stand against the enemy. Let me be blunt. If you think you can do this on your own, you're going to fail. You may be successful for a short period of time, but you will encounter something in a moment of weakness, and you will have a tendency to, to want to give in to that desire if you're not prayed up. That is the cold hard facts of this issue, guys. We've got to be prayed up. The reason I believe that is because, like I said earlier, this is a covert disease. It's progressive. And lust is very sneaky. It can sneak up on you when you least expect it. And even the slightest crack in your spiritual armor can cause the lust desire to sneak in and wreak havoc on your spiritual man. And before you know it, if you do not have a guarded heart, what may be a little issue can quickly turn into a giant mountain. Psalms 19 verse 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Guard your heart with the Word of God. Meditate in His Word day and night. If you keep the Word close, this will surely help you in the battle. It can't hurt, right? Make a decision today. Draw the line in the sand and say, Today is the day that you will decide once and for all to battle this issue with God's help. Head on. Psalms 101 verse 3 says, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. 
That's the mindset we must have if we're going to get over it. To the men out there, Proverbs 6.25 says, Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. Don't let yourself fall into a moment of temptation. Stay vigilant. Stay diligent. And stay in the Word and stay in prayer. Guard your heart. Have a mindset that you will not let this issue overtake you. And don't be ignorant to your weaknesses. If you give the enemy an inch, he'll stretch it out into a mile. The second point is build your spiritual fitness on resistance. Cast down those thoughts. Resist situations that may feed your weaknesses. James says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And in verse 13 of the same chapter, Paul also writes this, If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I guess it's been a couple months now, but we uh, dedicated an entire series to spiritual fitness. And those episodes can tie into this point right here. One of the ways you build your strength is to do resistance training. Weightlifters do this continuously to keep their muscles strong. And spiritually, we've got to do the same. We've got to exercise in the faith. We've got to walk out what we read in the Word of God. This step is a progression from our first point as well. We've got to know our weaknesses and then build up our resistance towards those weaknesses. Stay motivated in the Spirit and stay pure. When you're overwhelmed by lust, guilt can start to take over as well. You may want to do better, but you're in so deep that you feel like there's no hope. There is hope. God is your hope, and God is going to help you get over this disease. There's a reason the enemy uses this sin so often, because it's effective. There's no sense in denying that. The enemy knows that this is an effective attack on the people. Look at the news for proof where we see people succumbing to, to lustful desires each and every day. Like that blog post we read earlier, it's everywhere. Build your resistance with God. Stay focused on Him and His Word. Stay in prayer for deliverance and truly want to be delivered. I don't believe God will ever deliver anyone from anything they deep down do not want to be delivered from. So again, I say make the decision today. Draw the line in the sand that you're no longer going to be ruled by a spirit of lust. Remind yourself that you are a blood-bought, redeemed child of God and you belong to the Most High King. Resist the devil's temptations and be freed by the joy and peace of Christ. Psalms 119 verse 9 through 11 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. A couple other verses, Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Then we won't be doing what our sinful nature craves. Galatians 6, 8, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Point number three is stay focused on Christ and make a covenant. Romans 6, verse 12 through 14, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. 
for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Building on our progression here, we must decide to remain focused on Christ rather than focus on the world or focus on people. People will never satisfy your heart's desires. Do not look to people to satisfy you. And don't lean on the flesh to bring satisfaction to your life. It's never going to work. God is your only source that can deliver complete satisfaction and joy. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Just because this sensuality is everywhere in our world today doesn't mean that we have to succumb to it. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God is the answer to these problems, and there's no doubt about that. Staying focused on Christ will surely help in our battle against lust. Even as believers, with sensuality being everywhere, we look, it can be easy to let the issue seep into our lives. Don't be naive to think that, as a Christian, you can escape this. Run from the world, friends, and run to God. 1 John 2.16, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. The last point I want to make is recognize that the thirst of the flesh can never be quenched. Your flesh can never be satisfied. Proverbs 27 verse 20 says that hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. The problem is, is that once we give in to that desire, once we give in to, to our flesh and, and, and give in to the lust, we may feel satisfied for a moment. But the problem is, is that it comes back. And maybe the next time it comes back, it comes back a little bit more. And we have a little bit more of an inclination to give into it. And before we know it, that little thought has now turned into a lifestyle of sin. We cannot give in to our flesh because it can never be quenched. The desires of our flesh can never be satisfied. Once we give into it, we'll want more the next time. We'll want more and more and more. And before we know it, we are overcome by this disease that is gripping us and causing us to live according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit. And that's not the way God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to have that stronghold over us. He doesn't want us to have a life that's chained down to this disease, to this disease from the enemy, this attack from the enemy. Desire can breed trouble. And this kind of desire specifically that we're talking about today is strictly from the flesh. 1 Corinthians 6.13 says, You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Let God reign in your life, and don't reign in your flesh. There's so much more that can be said on this topic. This is such a... a, important topic to talk about, especially in the world we live in today. And I hope and pray that I've done some justice to this issue in the time that we've had today. I always try to keep our episodes brief and be respectful of everybody's time. And I'm so appreciative for those that tune in each and every week for for new episodes. But 
please don't take this issue lightly. Please recognize that this is a progressive sin. That it may just start with a thought, and before we know it, it may turn into something that can destroy those around us. It can destroy our marriages. It can destroy our relationships. It can destroy our relationships with our children. This is such a issue that is so widespread and almost celebrated in the world today, but it can be so dangerous. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Recognize what this disease, what this sin really is, and and recognize how it can wreak havoc on our lives and really damage our spiritual growth. If anything, I hope today that I've highlighted the fact that we can't take this issue lightly. Simply because of the fact that if we are not diligent, then this issue can become a cancer to our spiritual man. But God is faithful, friends. Call upon Him and He'll answer. His burden is light and He will give you rest from the struggle of lust. Lean on Him. Don't lean on yourself. Put away the sinful desires of the flesh and walk by the Spirit, operating in the Spirit, and bear fruit for His kingdom. I pray that you have found some encouragement in this episode today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We're six episodes down out of this 10-part series to wrap up the crazy year of 2020. We got a few more episodes left, and then we're going to take a break and, and move into 2021, which I pray will be a much better year for everybody. If you guys are interested in being connected with our um, ministry, then visit casttheword.com. Scroll down to the bottom and enter in your email address there. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we make regular posts there too. And if you feel led, then share this podcast with your friends and family, and be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast so you can continue to be notified of future episodes. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.